0: Hello, my name is Thomas. Welcome to British Culture, Albion Never Dies. I'm just recording this in the evening of Monday, the 29th of May. It's the Spring Bank holiday. We've had another three-day weekend and, honestly, <laughs> couldn't come at a better time. The last podcast episode, I talked, among other things, about my £700 electricity bill. And, of course, that's not a simple thing. It's something I'm still carrying on with, still Battling. I don't want to talk about that endlessly in this episode, but I'll just give you a quick update. I gave you an update before and I got some lovely messages from people well, all around the world. But I just want to give a very special shout out first of all to, I'd say, five, five people who just made me smile throughout the week. Uh, first of all, Brad in Washington DC, who emailed me at albinneverdies at gmail dot com, just to say that he just discovered my podcast, was enjoying it, and uh, yeah, we just had a nice conversation, um, and I'm really, really happy to have a chat by email from somebody who just discovered the podcast, and uh, so thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for messaging me. Thank you very much also to Adam John Fraser, who also sent me a really cool email uh, with a really cool story, which uh, I'm going to get more into later that's just a message for you adam <laughs> as uh, i've had a pretty hectic weekend i just want a nice time where i can settle down and read through it so i'll get back to you on that sir also thank you to two davids david coon and david nix i've been enjoying emails from you and simon you know who you are um so just to say if ever you want to contact me at com, well I'm always here, always happy to respond, sometimes a bit late, but I always really, really enjoy it. I always read it, and I do get back to it when I can. And also, for no particular reason, hello, P. Brooker, (laughs) if you're listening, hope you're all right so as i say i've been having some uh, some great email chats and uh, it brightens up my day if uh, if you'd like if you want to there's also um, an email subscription uh, so you can subscribe i think that's in the show notes to this podcast and then you get Semi-regular updates uh, from me, which uh, tend to be kind of personal updates, what's behind the podcast. But if, you ever, if I ever have a question or have a suggestion, what you'd like me to cover, um, then please do email me. Of course, you can contact me on Instagram at FlemingNeverDies. AlbionNeverDies at com is the email. And of course, I do have the, the alphabet of Britishness to finish off. That's always on the back burner. I'm at uh, U, V, W, X, Y, and Z. Those I'm slowly filling up. And planning of course what to come next of course as I mentioned last time the alphabet of Britishness is a huge project and so I always like to have a go once I have the full wherewithal to go at it fully but uh, but you can get your bids in early for topics and of course I've got some episodes on uh, British uh, crown crown possessions (laughs) i have a special episode coming up and uh, i might do a little bit more on cyprus Uh, again thank you for giving me feedback on the previous episodes Uh, i may well do some more Right now i 'm just in my little flat in West Yorkshire. <laughs> you might be able to hear that train going past. normally i 've got uh, say the window shut if i 'm working or this particular window, um, but generally actually i don 't mind the noise, especially as spring is coming. The leaves are coming out and yes, it was the spring bank holiday this weekend uh, because of the shorter work day week there'll be less time to deal with the electricity bill. So, uh, just to give some insight there, I was given this random £700 bill, uh, £700 monthly bill, Um, that is partly make-up payments, but also, it seemed pretty outrageous once I worked out how, how much I was supposedly making up, then I discovered, okay, the contract was with an electricity company that has gone bust um and so that contract has been transferred and i think in the transfer there's been a lot going on that's what i hear especially as i connect with facebook groups uh i get supported by my member of parliament who also thought this was outrageous and his uh his office has been following up so i mentioned before how very good the office was with uh checking up and seeing how it was and um and also i contacted a group called fuel poverty action and there's a guy there who's just super responsive called jonathan and uh, again by email was just Really, really good at working out what's going on and why. And eventually, with the new provider, I was able to get a phone call, thanks to the MP with an actual human being. It is terrible that it takes that just to get through. Um, but now I'm, of course, checking away, uh, following the, uh, the meter every hour and on the hour and collecting all kinds of evidence and data for them. Still not having anyone come out which is a bit of a sticking point for me, that nobody's willing to look at it unless I put in, that it's a fault. And if it's not a fault with the meter, according to the guy looking at it, then he gets to charge me £150. Um, that seems weirdly normal. Uh, it used to be that a meter man would come round, look at it, tell you what's going on, and you could have a chat with him and find out what's going on if there's anything weird. Nowadays, they will not look at you for less than £150, and that's on top of a £700 monthly bill, Um, so a bit curious about that, but then as I shared on a a few different social media platforms, there's been even more bizarre stories coming out, Um, I think especially as people are changing companies, and as certain companies are going bust, um, one person was billed £116,000, which seems a little bit excessive. And then on top of that, I have a broken boiler. Um, So my boiler kept tripping the fuse, and I put the fuse back on, and literally sparks flew. Um, Very happily, I was able to put it in for that fault, and a man came around very, very quickly to look at it. Um, I think the sparks captured their attention. He came around, looked at it, and was like, this should have been replaced a long time ago. Pulled something out, which he said, smelled of smoke, have very little sense of smell. Um, But apparently it was all smelling of burning and so on. So something is wrong. Right now, I'm without uh, hot water from the main immersion tank. I've got the little booster tank, uh, which uses three times as much electricity in one hour as everything else in my flat put together uses in three or four hours. So probably some kind of flaw there. So these are the things I'm dealing with whilst also trying to kind of bend back into my alphabet of Britishness and and other things as well. I was looking forward to this uh, bank holiday weekend because of course I was going to go off and visit some family, which a lot of people, I think a lot of people would do, and just enjoy a bit of life in the UK. And then just before I was about to leave, just before I was about to leave, uh, my housing agent rang me up and said, yeah, the guy you're renting from, he wants to sell. So you're going to have people coming around, looking at your flat, and uh, yeah, he he might sell it. So I don't know if my contract's going to be cancelled, don't know how it's going to affect me, except for people coming around. Um, So that'll be a new thing to deal with. So of course I'll be telling all of them about my £700 bill and about the boiler not being repaired uh, because the owner hasn't given permission yet. He's been waiting on that one. So, <laughs> all that forms the background to me uh, as I try and work out what is what is Britishness. And I think I've come across a fair few things. First of all, the use of public spaces that I've been rarely noticing on the bank holiday weekend. Um, so, towards the end of last week, I just went along to my local park... Um, I'd seen in a Facebook group, <laughs> the village I live in has a great active residence Facebook group and someone said, oh, there's something going on in the park. Can anyone tell me what's going on? Cause they're, they're roping bits off and it just looked weird. And, uh, so I heard there was something to do with cycling. So I went along to my local park and yeah, there was a huge number of kind of channels, runs, um, Hundred, maybe a hundred cyclists. I mean, it was really hard to tell because they're all going along in these specific routes, going at great speed, and it just seemed endless. So, uh, I recorded a voice message uh, to someone, and in a one minute uh, voice message, they just didn't stop. They're just going and going and going. Cycle cross, I believe it's called, all along the park. And it was a fantastic event. I had no idea what was going on. I like cycling, I like mountain biking, I like road biking. I've done the uh, the UK coast to coast. Uh, there's two coast to coasts in the UK. One which is in the south. It's a bit longer but it's all flat. I've done the northern one uh, which is going up the Pennines which takes two days. Um, I think at the top it is a mountain technically. Side mountain I think. Um, someone will email me if I'm wrong which is fine. Um, <laughs> Had a typo in the title of the previous episode, uh, which somebody pointed out to me very early on. I was able to, to resolve that, thank you. Um, to the person who pointed it out, uh, because they caught it really early, I was able to fix it early. Um, anyway, coast to coast in the north is two days up a mountain, and then supposedly it's one day down, but if you don't use the brakes, it's more of half a half day. <laughs> you can go, well, again, depends how I- how early you are up in the morning? I was up very early. with a good friend of mine cycled down. So three days coast to coast. I did that. Um, yeah. Oh, hey, I realize how long ago was that? About 2012. Yeah, more than a decade ago. It was good fun. I do like cycling, so uh, I guess if I want to do something like that again, I better get on with this uh, cycle cross. Um, and then went over to Chester to visit some family, and uh, early start went out uh, as I observed the park run it was something I didn't know about uh, of course everywhere I've been there've been running groups like uh, in the middle east I've seen kind of the expats form their hash house harriers uh, the hHh as they go running through the desert. I was kind of interested, but a lot of the desert that I was in it was dead flat with big kind of rocks that might Twist and break your ankle so I went with hiking groups instead when hiking up into hills and so on It was really really interesting um, but you'd sometimes look down at the valleys and you'd see the, the hash house house running along here it's quite different um, don't have to worry quite so much about water <laughs> or that kind of safety aspect uh, but we do worry about it's times, times. Uh, I feel there is a stereotype about Brits being great sportsmen and I'm loving to write up new rules and code books for all kinds of sports that we then export all around the world. Um, cricket football soccer rugby um even grass hockey things like that um but this this uh, park run organization seems really interesting because people register they get a barcode as they start the run the barcode gets scanned they do their i think 5k and then at the end it gets scanned so then you can log on to an app you can see where you are Um, and then you can also search through the app to see where all your mates are and compare times and averages and access all kinds of nerdy data. <laughs> but it did look good. i um, discovered there's one quite close to me. Uh, so I might get involved in that. So again, just seeing these public spaces being used for is for sports in uh, in really cool ways and fairly regular ways because of these things are all run by by volunteers and so it's very much voluntary organizations active citizens it's the uh, what David Cameron former Prime Minister referred to as the big society so it's a society taking ownership of its own stuff so uh, so yeah I, I really enjoyed seeing that and um, and then ooh, Back here in West Yorkshire, there's a friend who's been asking me, do I want to go to a car boot sale for the last year? (laughs) Um, And I've always said no, because it would mean me getting up at 4.30 in the morning. But I thought, fine, it's a long bank holiday weekend. I might as well get up at 4.30 so that we can uh, head out at 5.30 so we can be at the car boot sale at, what, 6 a.m.? Because it opens at 6 a.m. and that's when the sellers are first there. And there's all the scalpers and pros who go along to buy things at the... uh, Basically, a big open field with a yard sale. Um, I know there's lots of different terms for it, and they're, they're prevalent in different ways. I think in the U.S. it tends to be more yard sales. People put things out in the front yard and sell things uh, for for a dollar or whatever. Here, it's very much a big open field where people. I think they pay seven pounds to host, and then you go along, and you try and sell things. As long as you can make more than seven pounds, your your quid's in. And for some people, they're just selling stuff from their attic or their shed, whatever. And for some people, it's kind of a pro thing. Um, so I was going along with a friend and his friend, who's kind of a semi-pro, trying to buy things to resell. Um, my friend's just a collector, and I'm just looking for things that I might find, might find interesting. So, uh, yeah, I was hoping to get some books. I actually ended up getting a nice dressing gown and a couple of shirts that were just good for day to day. So, yeah. Car boot sales, uh, that was a big part of uh, <laughs> my day to day, going around charity shops and things like that. Nice bank holiday activity. Uh, but again, it seemed very much like voluntary organisations and people just working together. Um, and I do like it. When I was working in East Asia, there really wasn't the time for this, uh, especially as I was in one of the, the mega cities, a city of what, 14 million legally registered inhabitants uh, and with many many more without doubt um, because migration as working in china of course and migration uh, is heavily controlled you can't just move to another city you know you need all kinds of permits and residents and then there's different tiers of whether you're registered to that city or whether you've got a permit to work there but you're actually registered to another city and so on and so on it's, it's a lot more complex but the way you work is you wake up in the morning for me certainly I woke up in the morning I worked I uh, went into work uh, and whilst I was on the metro I was working on my phone I got in then I was working and uh, then as I went home I was probably working on my phone and last thing in bed uh, yeah, before I went to bed I was working on my phone admittedly that was a high-pressure job I had a management job and I was told very specifically you are not paid to have time off um, and <laughs> I was pushed especially in 2020 um, but for, for some very understandable reasons. Uh, whereas now I'm in a relatively regular 9-to-5 job, and I'm having to cope now with such a thing as work-life balance, which is more of a thing in the Western Europe than it is in East Asia. Um... But as I say, this this kind of organisation, you know, I'm involved with the, the cathedral uh, as well. So these kind of organisations, civic organisations, are much, much bigger here and stronger here. And, yeah, do lend credence to that term work-life balance. Of course, one way that I try and balance out my life is that I also have this podcast and uh, my YouTube channel. So, again just want to say a quick thank you to, to people who've been commenting on it uh, so thank you on well, Joe Darlington um, Roland Hume and Alex Lammas who you might know for his YouTube channel which is Always Say Yes to Adventure of course Roland Hume is the British novelist I've had on my channel before and hopefully will again um, and he has his channel about uh, about book commentary and uh, Joe Darlington of course is Mr. Being James Bond. Um, and being James Bond you've got like Bond reviews and uh, you've got his book and his his podcast which I listened to for for years. Years. Um, so yeah these are these are great people to follow um, but I also really appreciate them messaging me and commenting. Um, as my last video was on how nineteen forties we can I try and keep the channel Tend to put something bond from time to time and something non-bond from time to time. I try and try and keep a kind of a balance. Uh, some some of it's been tending towards a bit more bond. I've had to create a new playlist, Smogger's Bond, <laughs> the Smogger's Board of Bond videos. Uh, my favourite Sean Connery, my favourite George Lazenby. I think I think you see the theme of what might be coming up next, um, and then a few things like a location I went to and some drinks that I've tried and uh, the books. Now, my favourite playlist of my own is probably the books uh, that are in the James Bond house in No Time to Die. Um, and I just thought well, that's a really cool house. It's full of books, and I, I enjoy collecting books. So I just thought, well, I'll buy some of those and read it and see see what they're like. There's been a, a lot of talk in the James Bond community about, you know, tough times to be a Bond fan because there's not much new material coming out and then there are some luxury, super luxury products coming out but what's it like for the ordinary Bond fan and there's, there's been a lot of discussion around that. I hear it on podcasts, I hear you know, people messaging me, I hear it, you know, in just chats generally. If I chat to a Bond fan then I'm, I'm hearing a lot of this and it's kind of interesting because we're in the, uh, the anniversary year of uh, Casino Royale. It was the, you know, Fleming's birthday the other day. Um, the Raymond Benson book has just come out. So for literary Bond fans, you know, you've got a new book. and there's a new Kim Sherwood book out that I haven't read. Uh, but I really, really like Raymond Benson's writing. Um, and for me, I'm getting into, frankly, the paperback novel side of uh, Bond stuff. So, uh, yeah, I did a review of a Raymond Benson book, um, the the facts of death uh, which is all set about cyprus and of course i lived in cyprus for seven years so it's interesting for me i very rarely see turkish cyprus portrayed in any media let alone the then president of turkish cyprus uh, who i met and no- i know and and he he knew me um so yeah that was, that was an interesting one but I'm, I'm finding more and more of these and finding more of the, the charlie higson young bond books i read the first one which i thought was absolutely brilliant um, and you know, the, the continuation writers generally, I found quite hit and miss. Um, yeah, Charlie Hickson I really like, and uh, Raymond Benson, I read him for the first time on holiday, and just thought it was a really, really good kind of holiday novel. And then honestly, I just... Uh, I just watched a favourite Bond film the other night, um, having my vodka martini as I, as I watched it, and uh, so yeah, I don't think it's necessarily tough times to be a Bond fan, because you, you've got the 25 films, uh, you can make yourself a drink and watch them, um, and for new stuff, so it's new to me, are these uh, these old paperback novels that I'm picking up for a pound at car boot sales, funnily <laughs> enough, <laughs> so for me there's plenty of new stuff, or at least it's, it's new to me, there might not be a huge hype all around but it's new to me and i'm i'm thoroughly thoroughly enjoying it and i'll be be putting out more reviews i'm sure if you'd like to hear my reviews of bond films and bond stuff uh, just let me know i can do it on this podcast Uh, but i sometimes think that's that's a thing that's very well very well served elsewhere so i occasionally put it on my youtube just when i can give a bit more of a personal angle or give a few factoids that i think uh, make it a bit more a bit more interesting and a bit more Fun. Like I say, I like to keep the variety uh, going on both. What is it? M says in the Skyfall for the sake of variety. So that's why you have a few episodes like this the last episode, this episode where I might just be giving you a bit of a, a life update, let you know what's going on. You get more of that in the newsletter. Um, of course, I've got interviews coming up. Uh, so the previous interview I think was with uh, Roland. I really, really enjoyed that. I have some more coming up. They've got some deep dives. Um, and occasionally I, when i'm able to present some deep deep research that i've done i think i need to do one more on cyprus before starting a new series of of anything but i really want to hit that one on the head the british empire in cyprus and then see if you found that interesting send me a message let me know it's something that i can cover more if that's something you're interested in and uh, and if if I hear a deafening silence, then I won't. But people have responded well to that, so that's why I carry on. I do requests very, very definitely. And I'm very glad that I'm able to. So, so I shall draw this to an end. A bit of a life update between my electricity and the boiler, which I know is, is gripping stuff. Thank yous to those who are reaching out to me. Hopefully, if, my, if the flat that I'm renting... Get sold. Hopefully, I won't get evicted. We'll see. We'll see. I've got some backup plans. Um, and whilst that's all going on, I do actually have some time to to look at stuff like cycling in the park, park run, go along to bar, uh, car boot sales, <laughs> and read a few a uh, few really good paperback novels. So let me know what you're you're interested in. Like I say, I've got the alphabet of Britishness. Ooh, my watch knocking against something. Um, yeah, I've got a few. Uh, few series coming up but let me know what you're interested in because this channel is very very much guided by you you get to you get to shape it if you want the alphabet of britishness to come back in full force just just keep emailing me topics it's gonna come but very much shaped by you uh if you want more stuff on on cyprus or other aspects of the british empire do email me let me know or message me on instagram or whatever it's good times it's good times really despite all the challenges I enjoyed the Bank Holiday weekend, and I hope you enjoyed (laughs) hearing this uh, slightly rambly talk all about it and uh, the state of the world at large. (laughs) Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye.